Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Small doses. Self-help from the hip. Small doses. We're talking that shit. Small doses. And keeping it real. Small doses. With me and Nancy Seals. So funky. <laughs> Side effects of positivity. I just wanted to give you all just a little centering moment. You know, just get us get us looking at the light. Living in the light. Not fuck that. That's how people feel like positivity is supposed to be literally they really think it has to be like that voice you know like we're just in like a deprivation chamber with hummingbirds and Deepak Chopra and like hot stones whatever but I think for me that's always been kind of like the repellent towards this idea of like positive thinking because the people who were pitching it always seemed like people who were fake as shit it always seemed like people who had like felt like they had discovered this like new method of life that's going to save your life. And you're like, I don't even know if you know about my life. And I'm talking about, you know, like stuff like The Secret and all the self-help books and stuff. There always seems to be this like formula that they sell to you that says like, if you just do this, you'll be fine. And I think for a lot of us, like, I know, especially as a black woman, I'm like, I don't know a white lady telling me this. You aren't dealing with the same shit that I'm dealing with on a daily basis. And I know, like, for brothers, when black women tell them this, they're like, I don't know, sister, sister. But you're not dealing with the level of uh, of attack that I'm dealing with on a daily basis. So I think that there's this also just the nuance of our unique individual places in life, culturally, uh status-wise, gender-wise, etc., that really affect how we view positivity as a perspective and how positivity affects us in implementing it into our lives. Now, I'm speaking from my own unique perspective, but of course, anything that we say today that helps you, hey man, run with it, go with it. Let's dive into it. Side effects of pursuing positivity. Can I get a gym drop? Gym dropping. Jam dropping, jam dropping. We're jumping on these hoes. Today we are jam dropping about surviving versus thriving. This really hits home for me because as somebody who was broke for a really long time, who was hustling and who was doing the DIY thing, when you get to like have the opportunity to not be in that space, sometimes it can be a lot harder to transition than one might think. And it's because you've been conditioned to simply just get by. Just to get by, just to get by, just to get by, just to get by. And this is a common experience for a lot of us. Surviving is a goal because so many of us have seen so many not even be able to make that goal for a number of reasons. But simply just making it over the hump, continuously, on a regular basis, for a lot of us, feels like we're winning because we haven't gotten pulled under. 
because we keep finding our way back to the surface. And when we find our way back to the surface every time, we're like, that's, that's right, right, motherfucker. motherfucker. We are staring negativity. We're staring trauma. We're staring struggle in the face and saying, you're, you're not going to keep me down. Yeah. And so for a lot of us, when you are doing that your whole life, that is really your only metric for success. Simply not being held down. The truth of the matter, though, is that the goal that they don't remind you that you can get to is thriving. Thriving is more than just surviving. Thriving is not only keeping your head above water, but it's managing to swim to the shore. And I think a lot of us don't even know that we can swim to the shore because we're, we're having to work so hard at surviving that we don't even get an opportunity to look around to see where the closest shore is. What happens when you get to shore? You can relax. You can build. You can look out to other opportunities. You're not simply just trying to keep from falling into the depths. Now, not all of us are in a place right now where we can, like, actualize thriving. Not all of us are established or out of the woods or, you know, uh, have figured out how to turn the tide of poverty or brokenness to be able to fully embrace thriving. That's That's real. real. Like, I mean, I I know, trust me, I was selling bags on my space. Like, I I hope I can get this $300 these two weeks so I can pay this rent. I get it. But then if you don't at least consider that you could one day thrive, you're not going to shoot for that star. You're you're going to think that the only option is just to win at surviving. And that's what the positive thinking of considering, you know what, there's more than this and I can get there. It may not be tomorrow, may not be next week, it may not be next year, but it is there. Cons- even having the consideration of that is what pursuing positivity is. Really just simply considering you know what? I deserve more. And I will find a way to get it. And then there's even taking it another level and saying, a way to get it will also find its way to me. And I will be available for it. Now, that's the tough part. Because a lot of us, we haven't even considered thriving. So when the opportunities arrive for us to thrive, sometimes we don't even recognize it. Because we haven't even considered it as a possibility. We haven't even considered it as something that could be for us. Sometimes we are even fighting thriving. It is knocking down our door and we're literally like, get out. We're treating it like a Jehovah's Witness trying to force the watchtower on us. And I, it's like, it's because it's uncomfortable to consider a different space. And then I think some of us have a fear that if we give ourselves into thriving, what if it gets taken away from us? Well, now we know what we're missing. How are we going to deal with that? You know, some of us have gotten so good at surviving that we're like, we don't even want to try something new. We don't know if we're going to be good at thriving. Something that basic. We don't know if we're going to be good at thriving. We don't know if we're going to be able to accept rest. You know, we don't know if we're going to be able to have purpose if we're not struggling but pursuing positivity is considering that you do have more purpose than just struggling 
you do have a place in this earth and in this world and this life that is not simply based on just trying to stay here. And that hopefully you will find a way and find a place to not only be here, but be able to take a moment to enjoy that. Oscar Wilde has one of my favorite quotes. All of us are in the gutter, but some of us are looking up at the stars. That is what it means to have positive thinking, to know that even in the gutter, there are stars that are still meant for you. Is there any way to think positively through traumatic events throughout life, such as a friend's passing and be guilt-free? Asking because with something like this happening so sudden, I'm not sure how or when I should start moving forward and not seem irreverent to what was our friendship. Shit. Ah, man, that's, that's a tough one. I don't think that thinking positive has to mean lacking reverence for the friendship. I think that there's a world in which the two go hand in hand in you still being here and continuing to move forward, but doing so with the light that you know and that you remember and that you still carry from your friend within you. I think that, you know, the the darkness that comes with traumatic experiences is real. And I can I can understand the sentiment of feeling like if you're thinking positive, that somehow it is like not showing respect for the trauma. That it somehow like undermines the acknowledgement of how negative that situation is. But in terms of there being a time frame, I I just feel like you just kind of start to manage, it becomes a part of your life that you move with. And, you know, I don't, I don't want to put it as baggage, but it's just, it's a piece of you now that you carry, you know, that you hold, that you are aware of. I think there's a world in which sometimes over time, it becomes less front of mind or less cumbersome, et cetera. But I think in terms of, you know, how long can you mourn before thinking positively without it being irreverent? I think we all mourn in our own time. We all, you know, think we will get over something in, you know, an expected um, kind of like series of events. But at the end of the day, I think that, you can still be thinking positive while at the same time showing respect to a life that was lived, that was positive for you. Next question. Is being overly positive numbing us into a false sense of okayness? Like a way of suppressing what's really going on sometimes? Well, I think that's when we teeter on like the cockeyed optimist of it all. You know what I mean? It's like there is a certain level of like, okay, you're in a bad situation. How do we manage this positive versus the optimist? So like 
if we have a flat tire and we're on the side of the road and our phones are dead, right? The optimist, I feel like, is going to say, I mean, you know what? It's fine. Everything is fine. And you're like, actually, it's not fine. But to think positive would be to say, not to be delusional like the optimist and say, like, it's fine when it's not fine. But to think positively would be like, okay, what can we do to, like, get our energy going in the right direction so that maybe with the laws of attraction, we can call, we can get help to arrive or, you know what I mean? Or we'll, we'll, we'll come up with some new idea. But it's like, instead of being defeated, you decide like, no, we can, we can, we got this. We can figure this out. And I feel like that's the difference. Now, I do think there's a certain level of like people thinking that shit is sweet, you know, and um, I understand the question of like, if you're thinking positive, can it numb you into thinking shit is sweet when it's not? I mean, I've definitely like walked that line where I've been like looking at something and trying to spin it. And I think there is a world in which like you're just not acknowledging things for what they are. But there's also a world in which the positive thinking is really acknowledging things for what they are, but then thinking positively about how you're going to move with or without it. And and not having to look at it like it wasted your time or you know, you failed or, you know what I mean? And I think that's really what the role of side effects of thinking positive really is. It's like, what does it look like to think positive without sounding like a simp? (laughs) Next question. Since social media is a big part of your platform, how do you deal with the negative and disrespectful comments when trying to keep it a positive and uplifting space? Uh, I mean, as anyone who's been looking at my Instagram can see, I've just paused. At a certain point, I just, I've just, I was like, I've, I've got to revisit. I've got to change the dynamics here because I shouldn't have to like do that much mental exercise as I realized I had started having to do to just manage, you know, the, the people that are on my platform constantly asking me dumbass questions like, did I lie on this nigga, you know, because they can't read a goddamn article and you know then there's some things that just like are just negative in the sense that like they really reveal to you like how far we have to go and they reveal to you how far things have gone in terms of people's lack of respect you know what i mean so i um i think in terms of like your your question is about how do i manage like keeping a positive space when that can be such a negative space I know, I know that again, like some of y'all are going to be like, you know, that when you clap back that it's negative, but sometimes that'd be really making for a positive scenario because what it does is it opens the floor to folks who will be like, yeah, and let me chime in on what I feel about that. But I have on a basic note, like I'll just simply block folks. I'll erase messages that are just, you know, trolling or without any real information just being, you know, pricky or or antagonistic. I'll just erase those messages. Um, you know, and I even had to limit my comments to just people who follow me. And people will still follow me just so they can leave a trash-ass comment. I mean, it's just unreal. 
But, you know, we live in a world now with this social media shit where people don't even know what it is to be positive or negative. They just think, like, I'm, I'm talking, talking, I'm doing me, I'm saying what I need to say, you know? And they don't have any respect for, like, the fact that you're a person. They Sometimes they don't even realize that they're, like, on my Instagram. They'll leave a message like, yeah, yeah you know, I don't really fuck with her. her. And it's like, you, you're talking to me. You're talking to me. But everybody thinks everything is a goddamn town hall at this point. Everybody thinks everything is a forum where they need to come and write their name on the wall, so to speak, and really like let everybody know what they think about things. And what I've really started doing is realizing that like one of the ways that I stay positive is by not doing that, by not joining the fray of just like speaking my thoughts into the world, unless I feel like there's like an injustice that I see being served within the comments or in the caption. But even then, I'm just like, I'll DM you. And that's another thing. Like, I've definitely started just being more behind the scenes with how I interact with my peers when I agree or disagree with them, et cetera. And it's really just about, like, reestablishing boundaries based on my social media, which I know some people might think is, like, so extra and somewhat um, just OD, but... It's true. I've definitely had to reimagine the boundaries of my social media because folks don't seem to truly understand or respect that I'm a goddamn human being and that I simply refuse to be okay with being talked to as like a trash, a piece of trash simply because I'm a public figure. Last question. As a creative and artist, how do you remain positive through any setbacks you run into while taking projects from start to finish? Well, I think the biggest way that I've come to really like overcome the, that hurdle is I really just buckled down and became so just sharp with my art that I really trust myself. And even if I hit a, a wall, I kind of have this process where I just like, I just step away. And I know sometimes you're like, yeah, but sometimes you're on a deadline and you can't step away. I'm talking sometimes they'll just be a step away for an hour. But it's like, I'd be talking to the ancestors, y'all. I'd be like, what, what am I supposed to do? Now, I think one of the biggest things is we'll get like pushed back against the wall where we'll feel like we have to do something even when it's not up to snuff. And that's like a really frustrating feeling because you're just like, I really don't want to turn this in like this. But you stay positive by really just staying calm and not letting yourself get worked up, which is so easy to do. Because as a creative, like, we're putting our personal out there. Um, and I've definitely been in a situation where, like, I was involved with a group and we were trying to, like, get something done. And things were, like, going awry and not just lack of efficiency. And I just, you know, oh, my God, I get so frustrated. But what, what keeps me positive is, like, the idea that, like, okay, we can, but we can counter, we can pivot, we can make up for this. I start to get negative when the people around me in the group or whatever are not in that space. When they're, they realize that a problem has been acknowledged and they're not actively like open to, I don't know, like being flexible or considering other ideas since the first idea doesn't get to happen. Like that to me, you know, is when I get negative. Cause I'm just like, why the fuck is everybody being so goddamn stubborn and rigid? It should be a best idea wins situation. But I say positive also by making sure that I am surrounded by a team and by people who really look out for my well-being and really want to see me like be successful, but also 
are willing to kind of like throw ideas against the wall. They'll spitball with me. And if at the end of that, it's just like, this still isn't working, then it's like, maybe you need to get an extension or maybe you need to get like an assignment change. That's real. Because sometimes the change is not speaking to you. And if you just pivoted, even just a teeny we need it, it would be done. So that is how I stay positive. You got to have the right people around you so that when you hit that wall, they can be like, no, you got this. Then you got to know what's within you. You got to always know what's within you. And sometimes we'll get frustrated and be like, damn, if only I could just call my ex who used to have all the answers to this shit. And now that prick is over there doing whatever fucking God knows what. Like, we'll do that. And then we will somehow like talk ourselves into hitting up our ex to ask about something. And then when it boils down to it, you realize you had that shit in you the whole time. The whole time. It was in you. It was within you. You just needed to dig a little deeper to excavate. And that sometimes can be a real goddamn doozy. But when you come up with that jam, it makes it all worthwhile. People I like. Yeah. Now, I know this people I like might be a shock to you all. But today's people I like is dedicated to the one and only Gucci Gucci Mane. Now, I don't know Gucci Mane personally, okay? So I'm just going off of what has been presented to me from an outward perspective. When we were first introduced to Gucci Mane, he was doing songs like, Is You Rollin', Bitch I Might Be, okay? He put an ice cream cone on his face, which made no sense. He killed a man uh, for entering his home in a possible home invasion and got off, by the way, for self-defense. He later was seen on tape, like physically shoving a woman into oblivion and later went to prison on what I believe was a gun charge. I was one of the picket sign holders of like, get this nigga out of here. And when I say out of here, I don't mean like dead. I don't even mean like in prison. I just mean like stop giving this person a platform to continuously put out these negative commentary negative representations negative raps like just shut this down now i am 1000 percent uh supportive of prison reform of laws that support prison reform i'm 1000 percent uh just a side note the fact that there are people who are legit in prison or like doing hard time right now for marijuana possession while a young woman killed three people, including an infant in Atlanta with her car and got no jail time, none that there are like known identified rapists that had eyewitnesses speak against them and that they are just living their best lives because they have affluenza. All of this is, just incensing to me. And it is a clear indication that our justice system has not improved by any means. I digress to say that when Gucci Mane went to prison, he was one of the people who somehow managed to make a very positive experience out of what for most is a very negative and toxic space. I saw Gucci Mane on the ESPN talk show highly questionable 
And it was legit one of the best interviews I've ever seen in my entire life. Some of the things that he talked about in the interview were about his experiences before, you know, how he was thinking, how he was moving in life, how he ended up in prison. But the most just incredible stuff was him talking about what he learned about his thinking while in prison. And he started reading Thomas Paine's How a Man Thinketh. And he said that it really just brought home for him the reality that he controls his thoughts and not the other way around. And that if he could control his thoughts to be positive, then perhaps he could control his outcomes. This was fascinating to me because I think a lot of us like we know that deep down, but applying it is really where the work lies. He said that he had never considered that he wouldn't be addicted to lean. He just hadn't considered it. And by reading this book, it somehow like flipped a switch. And I'm sure there were other elements going on, you know, like the support of people around him and, you know, also just having a chance to perhaps maybe just sit down and not be thinking about the music business and these other things that can be a distraction from thinking about your own wellness. But whatever the case, he was able to get to a place where he shifted his perspective to positivity. And it's he said it changed his entire life. It made his time in prison be able to be one that was rehabilitative, whether or not the folks around him seeked to do that. He took control of his narrative and he redefined himself. And when he got out, he had lost weight and he married his wife. Well, she became his wife when he married her. And he kind of like, I don't know, somehow, I mean, I guess... Issa asked this question one time and I was like, that is preposterous. But there, she was right. Is Gucci Mane fine? Positive thinking would say yes. Because fineness is not just an aesthetic on the outside. It's also what's emanating from the inside. And if this person has had such a change in thinking that they are operating from a positive place, well, shit. That's the finest shit out. So today's people are like, goes to Gucci Mane because that story to me was so inspiring and it was something that I listened to but I didn't really hear and fully apply to myself till years later and part of that is ego part of that is I guess maybe I, I if we're being honest fear because you're like I don't really know if I can keep that up But I would say a big part of it is thinking like, oh, well, we've had different experiences. So, you know, I don't know if that relates to me. Well, it did. And we're going to talk about it right now. That one time. (laughs) So I've been going through an awakening of my own. I don't really know what it was triggered by. I mean, I think a lot of times certain epiphanies are triggered by like a perfect storm of events happening whether they be positive negative etc but I've been going through this awakening of just changing my perspective on things and turning my perspective into a positive space and I don't want to confuse that with becoming like a cockeyed optimist because I think that that's the part that really is what made me very like apprehensive about even pursuing or like like 
attaching myself to this idea of like positive thinking, right? Because the reality is I'm a realist, full 100% realist. And it's like, okay, part of being a realist is being able to acknowledge like the truth of situations. And some situations really are like overwhelmingly negative. Now, where the positivity comes in is what you do with the information that you gather as a realist. And it's about how you process the solutions that you find or that you're searching for attached to the problems that you locate or that you're experiencing. Now, I know I've had people who have said to me like, oh, well, how can you be moving into this positive space if you're still reacting to people on Instagram? Well, for me, it's about intention. My reactions to people on Instagram have changed a largely part because my intention has changed. For a long time, my intention was simply to just scar them the way their nasty words are scarring me. But then it became about like, okay, I want to teach. I want to be able to like take someone's words and school them on why that's wrong or why they're wrong. But then an even more positive outlook just became, I just want to stop the negativity that they're spewing me in its tracks. And sometimes the best way to do that is I simply just not even giving it attention in terms of uh, meeting it with negativity, but more so just meeting it with a counter that is a positive and that no way engages with their negativity. Now, some people might say, well, why would you engage at all? And I'm engaging because I believe that with certain negativity, ignoring is still a form of engaging. Sometimes ignoring is an engagement because you're actively choosing to take a stance of not acknowledging that. And that is something that the person receives. They receive that action. But my positive pursuance has taken me to a place where it says, I can acknowledge what's being said without fueling it with any more fire. I can diffuse it. I can redirect it. You know, it's once again, Aang meeting with the Lord of the Fire Nation at the last episode of Avatar The Last Airbender. And instead of fighting fire with fire, he was like, how do I beat him without killing him or without becoming him? And the way that he figured it out was, I'm just going to redirect his power into another direction. Now, Aang was the fucking airbender, so I'm not saying that everybody can do this. Because if it was hard enough for him, then it's got to be really difficult for all of us. But there's still something worth, like, applying yourself to considering doing that and considering that you could do that and, and trying to figure out, like, well, what are the ways in which you can do that, at least in your daily life? We're all dealing with people at work or just in public spaces or in our families that require managing, that are coming at us with things that we're just like, oh, my God, this is toxic. How do I deal with this? How do I deal with this? And the natural response is to meet negative with negative. But in this awakening that I've been having, in this awakening that I've been having, my perspective has been changing to really just, instead of thinking I already know where things are going to go based on the experiences I've had, considering where they could go based on the experiences I want. And I know for some y'all are like, what the fuck does that mean? I'll give you an example. You're dating someone. They don't hit you back right away. You've had this happen several times with people who are shitty. So your natural thought process is, oh, I bet they're not hitting me back because, and then you fill in the blank. 
Now, you don't really know what's going on. But you have now presented yourself with an option that is negative, but it makes you feel safe. Because it makes you feel like you're now on guard and they're not going to catch you off guard. So you've situated yourself in a position of like, stay low, stay firing. You're waiting for Charlie. What I mean by that is that, because Charlie Charlie was was the the moniker moniker that they used for like the the Viet Cong in Vietnam. Vietnam. You're at war. You've positioned yourself in a place of war. You're now in battle with something that you don't even know is going to happen. You know how stressful fucking battle is? It's incredibly taxing to always be in that space. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes you do need to know that you're in that space because you're dealing with someone who you know for fucking sure is trying to fuck with you. That's what happens when you're at work and you got to use strategy and the art of war. I get it. But so often we do that with people that we don't know. And we're just adding stress. We're adding stress to situations that we don't know the true outcome of. Because we're considering that we've seen it before, so this is what's going to happen. No. You can just acknowledge, I've seen something that looks like this before. That could happen. But you can also at the same time say, this is what I'd like to happen. And it's just a much more warm and peaceful place to be in a space of hope versus in a space of dread. My astrologer said to me that just really resonated with me. And she said, instead of avoiding takers... Look for givers. Now, that's the same action. It's just a different perspective. Instead of moving backwards, which is avoidance, you're moving forwards into something good. And yeah, takers may come along and you sidestep them, but you're still moving in a forward trajectory. That is what positive thinking is. And it's just like I'm going through this time right now where I'm realizing that I have to practice this. I'll find myself tired or hungry or frustrated and I start dipping into the negative space. And I have to catch myself and force myself to be like, no, don't Don't think think that way. Think of it this way. And it's a continual practice, y'all. It's not just like, oh, you flip the switch. It's literally like working out. It's emotional a practice that you're committing to memory. And I do believe that eventually it will happen just naturally because that's what happens with muscle memory. You just know how to do it. I will be able to do a flip for the rest of my life as long as my limbs are working because I have done so many flips that my muscles know exactly what to do without even trying. That's the work I am now doing with my emotions, with my mentals, and with my spirit because I have had so much bad training (laughs) that I've got to retrain with the same energy. And it's made dating even different. You know, when I'm seeing things, it's like I instead of letting the narrative control me, I'm now just like, okay, this is someone who is demonstrating to me their behaviors. I'm going to take them as they come. And if I want to walk away, I know how to walk away. Not to ghost, not to put the shit up in flames, but to simply just say, you know what? This just isn't the right thing for me right now. Maybe one day it will be. And then you move on. And I've noticed that I just feel lighter. I'm just feeling lighter. I'm, I'm feeling lighter about addressing things with a place of empathy and, you know, trying to consider just the, uh, just the overall positive outlook on things. And the reality that in my case, and I'm not necessarily saying this is everybody's experience, but in my case, when I look over my life at the negatives that have happened and certain things that may not have gone the way I wanted them to go, it's still all right. 
Like, it's still all right. Some shit is shitty, but I'm still here. So for what it's worth, the universe has been giving me everything I need. I just need to use what the universe is giving me in the right way. And that is how I've translated from surviving to thriving. And I'm hoping that this episode can maybe give some of y'all some insight into how to do that for yourselves. I don't have all the answers by any means. I don't even know if any of these are the answers. But for right now, they've been really working for me in terms of managing these new spaces that I'm in in my life, these new people that are coming in in my life, and also just the new interactions that I'm having with people who may have already been in my life. Because that's what this all shit is about, right? All of it this is about is trying to deal with the uncertainty that is certainly going to happen. The last dose. I am talking today. Was I not talking today, y'all? I'm talking today. I'm all up in that blonde afro and that logo. I'm dropping gems, talking about womanhood, horts, emojis, money, blackness, all of it. And speaking truth. And I've been going through a lot of, you know, negative situations that I really feel like I would have dealt with differently if I hadn't recently had this epiphany to just consider dealing with them positively. I went back to therapy um, because I felt like I had identified my triggers and now it's about figuring out how to rewire my reactions to those triggers and how I relate to those triggers. And um, yeah, I'm really glad that we got to do this episode because this is not an episode you can do unless you're really in this space. And it really is weird because it's almost like this podcast has helped me get to this space. Like getting the opportunity to sit here and like talk with Brendan and Rebecca and talk with y'all and answer your questions. And, you know, you all make me think and consider things in a different way. And even when I get to hear from you all saying like, yo, your podcast has helped me look at my relationship differently. Your podcast has helped me look at myself, you know, differently. Your podcast has helped me approach this situation differently. You know, it. It really lets me know, like, okay, there is something here that has more depth and you got to keep digging and go deeper into the crevasse. Again, one of my favorite episodes of 30 Rock starring Liz Lemon and Jack Donaghy. Um, But yeah, you know, I really just want everybody to just give themselves a shot at happy. And happy is such a hard thing to just be. I think uh, Billy Joel once said that happy is like overrated. Contentment is really more realistic because happy is like, it's an emotion. It's like pop music. You know, you're just like, I'm happy. But to sustain that all the time is like, okay, let's relax. And I think that's what optimism looks like for a lot of people. It's just like, okay, fucking relax. Like no one likes a person who's always like, well, maybe. And you're just like, ah. You know, like you want to be able to vent. You know, like when all this fuck shit was going on with the 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 situation online and people, you know, telling me that I don't like black men and all this stuff. Like it was like I just wanted to vent about it sometimes. And like sometimes people would just be like, well, you know, you just need to not give a fuck. You just need to not give a fuck. Well, that's not even a good advice either. Like more so the conversation needs to be like, well, how do we how do we change how this narrative is affecting you? How do we reposition it into a positive space and thus giving you ideas on how to reposition it to a positive space outside of you and not letting this erroneous um, narrative become your narrative, you know, and it's like so I get it, y'all. I get it. Like you you want to be able 
to to be negative because I guess it's not even be negative. You want to be able to be honest about how something is affecting you negatively. That's fair. But then we can't stay there. We can't put our bags down there. And that's what this episode is about. Figuring out how to pick your bag back up and walk into the next room. And that shit has a sunlight. And flowers. And dogs. Playing with cats. New episodes of Game of Thrones. Tupac. Just a lot of positive things. And, you know, you, you may not stay in that room forever. You got to dip out, you know, and come back. But even knowing that that room is there can really change your space. Star Avenue, a, podca- <clears throat> a podcast network.